and the lesson was, if I, if I just pick one, it was to not, uh, well, they're all combined kind of, not utilize banks unless you absolutely 100% have to because it's a failing move and you've got to be in an area and you've got to get a mortgage. But then that, don't utilize your personal signature to sign on debt, especially for investment. Just don't do it. Don't mix the two. And then be conscious through profits first, coincidentally, right? Not coincidentally, on purpose. Yeah, I'm saying it of the cash positions. If you're a real estate investor who's sick and tired of living deal to deal, then welcome home. Hear from everyday real estate investors just like you and discover how they've completely transformed their business by taking a profit first approach. This is the Profit First for REI podcast, where we believe revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. It's time to start making profit a habit in your business. So here's your host, David Richter. This episode, we have Chris Prefontaine, super excited because he talks about real estate on your terms. He tells about the crash in 2008 and how he went through that and some of the things where he got out of the funk he was in and the key components. I think that's going to be a huge benefit to you no matter where you are in the real estate game right now. If you have any mental blockages, any mindset issues, that's a big one. Then he also talks about cash positions, the first hire you should make right now today if you are unsure of what that one is. And then another secret he said that has been huge for him that he hasn't done since 2008 that almost took, that did take him down in 2008 as well. This is a great one. He's a big fan of Profit First, so he talks about his mindset there and how that helped him along his journey. Thank you so much for being a listener of this podcast. I appreciate you and enjoy the episode. Hey, so Chris Prefontaine is back. I'm excited about this because he is a avid proponent of Profit First, uses it in his business, has helped other people see the light, and now having him back on the show. So Chris, glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back, Dave, especially after just chat with you recently. So we got to hang out more. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, for sure. So tell people, it's been a couple of years since you've been on. So just tell people in the last couple of years, what have you been up to? Where have you, what are you doing these days? Yeah, yeah. So, well, that brings us back to COVID, right? So, um, yeah. at post COVID, um, we got back to live events, uh, which is awesome. Um, as good as everybody thought Zoom was, uh, live events are nice. Um, what's cool in the real estate world is all these low interest rates that everybody saw two, three, four percent. We're buying properties now with those as underlying interest rates. Meanwhile, the market's at whatever it's at, right? 5.86, whatever. So, really cool times right now. We're back to some record months and properties under agreement. And this is the time, in my opinion, the time to be in creative real estate. I, in my 32 years, I'm saying this is like one of the best segments I've seen to be in market right now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Is there any particular reason for that? Why would people jump into creative real estate? Well, okay. I just said this on a show. I, I It's so tiring when people go, well, I'm waiting for the, the bottom. I'm waiting for the top. And listen, it is one constant in real estate. It changes constantly. So how about you get really good at understanding how to find motivation with a seller and then structuring the deal. That's the key thing. And be able to pivot in any market up, down and sideways. That's the whole nature of creative, the word creative real estate and what we call on your terms. Um, so that's why I love it. You, you don't have to worry about the market. Like you literally don't stress with it. I love that because a lot of the people that are listening probably just want to get into real estate or start in real estate. And I feel like this is a good tool to have in your tool belt, no matter what you're doing in the real estate game. Would you agree? Well, yeah, because to your point, once you have that tool, right, you have it for life. It's like profits first. Okay. Yeah. I learned it. I, I, I want to talk to Dave on and on and on. I want to use, but if I don't, I learned it. 
Well, it's the same with creative real estate. I try to tell people, you go to school, people go to school for what, four years, eight years, sometimes more. It boggles my mind that they don't think twice about that. But when we talk about spending time and money and resources on yourself for a skill set that's going to, you know, return on investments crazy, then they balk at it or they could balk at it. It just no, it doesn't even, con- I can't contemplate that. So why do you think it is? If you can't contemplate, put yourself in their shoes. Do you think there's specific reasons for that? Because I feel like it's the same thing walking down the profit first road sometimes too. I do. Uh, there's probably a bunch, but here's one that came to mind right when you said it. And that is the, it's every industry. The, the marketers are really good at marketing. And so therefore, I unfortunately can't always get the person before they've been tainted or sold uh, a product yeah. that didn't in their eyes work. And I, I know it's a fact. There's a gap between a time when someone sees a, takes a course or sees a seminar in the time they do a deal. And unfortunately, sadly, the gap is sometimes they, you know, forever, right? They just don't get to a first deal. There was two students, there's probably a whole bunch more I don't know about, but there are two students in our community right now that have done, actually, sadly, one passed away. Sorry, he was in our community and the other one still is. They've done over a million dollars in accumulation of three paydays with our system, but they came to us and said, my wife or my spouse or my significant other, they don't want me to do this. Why? Because I bought all these courses and those two had spent a hundred grand, Dave, six figures. Oh, wow. A hundred grand before meeting us. So I said, okay, I get it. I know you're bummed, but treat that as I stacked an education is what you did. And then you, now you're going to parlay it into what we got going on. You just went to school too long and you paid too much, but it's okay. Yeah. It sounds like they're one of the ones that came back and were actually able to get to, on the right side of that. Cause you hear a lot of people that not only their spouse is tainted, they're pretty tainted. After a yeah. lot of that as well, too. So, I agree. Yeah, uh, I agree. No, that's good. I, it, sound, it sounds like in what you're doing that you're helping people actually <laughs> turn their life around as well and get to where they really want to be, even if they've invested too much in the education or that stuff as well, too. Well, our written purpose, and it's not behind me because I have my banner up, but my written purpose is everywhere in my office is to uh, help individuals and families create the life of their dreams. That's not, a, that's not create a, a real estate deal. That's yeah. not helping family do real. It's, it's, so that's a big endeavor we're on, and, and it does take getting in the trenches and helping them do deals and really understanding what goes on, and then build a life, not just a deal. Yeah, yeah, and I hear nothing but good stuff on that side. So which is which is great. So then, okay, flip side. Why do you think most people don't understand or struggle with the money aspect on in real estate or just business in general? So if they're struggling on like the deal side, and we talked about that a little bit, what about the money side? Um. Well, it probably goes deeper than you and I can do, but it's this, we all have money habits, right? Yeah. We all have a money blueprint and people call it different things, but, and, and it's not always conscious for four years after the crash, I was stuck in my head about what was going on and mm-hmm. was it my fault, you know? So, so sometimes you don't know consciously, number one, number two, when you, if you were someone that tried a bunch of courses and, and I'd like to see if you, you agree with this, I don't care what industry you tried a bunch of courses and if it didn't have the same success, you get a little bit less aggressive with saying, oh, I, this works no matter what. I'm going to trust it blind faith and I'm going to find the resources. I'll find a partner or whatever I got to do. I, it's harder to do as you get tainted. So unfortunately, we have to, me, you, everyone has to kind of like wipe the whiteboard clean, the slate clean and go, I trust it. And, I, and, and if you do that and you do it for three years with blinders on, I know you'll have a great experience. Meaning you, you follow someone, you, you get their tutelage. And you do that for three years without deviating any shiny objects, I think you'll have a great experience. You'll get rid of that, but it's tough. 
Yeah, no, I, I understand that for sure. I think a lot of people struggle with the financial side. So what about you? Let's talk about just about some of your profit first journey and like, cause I know you've been a big, a big fan of this for a while. So what did life look like before profit first? Did you have a, that type of system before the crash or did it come after the crash when you started? Uh, we started profits first at a uh, offsite meeting in 2000. And uh, let me think we brought the table in 19 at the end of the year it was in place. Okay. So it, was, it was just before coincidentally. Um, and it's all spreadsheeted out in Google sheets and it's, super sweet and predictable. Um, so again, it's almost like that. So you don't have to stress thing about the real estate market. Same with profits first. Once you have it, you're not stressing. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. Doesn't you, you got it. Yeah, no. I, and so then before that, cause you said after like the first four years after the crash that things weren't fun. So, you know, you're stuck in your head. So what were you thinking back then? Was it just like fear of doing a deal or was it more like fear of going out there and having it all crumble again? Like what was the big thing that was in your head for those four years after the crash? Uh, well, A, can I even do it, right? Even though I've been in the okay. business for whatever, 18 years before that, it was, can I even do it? Because you get tainted mentally. It was nothing to do with skill set. It's all mental Okay. Um, before, you know, coming out of that crash. So for four years, it was working out of the junk, right? And getting mm-hmm. set up. And then when I ran into, just to tie these things together, when I ran into Profits First, to me, it was like another stackable thing that I can go, okay, it's another uh, solid foundation, right? Because okay. it's all things. It's the mental work and there's, you know, there's the right people, but this is another solid foundation to go, okay, tack it on. It's another good thing to solidify a position. Okay. So that helped you just create more of the foundation for what you needed in your business. But what would you say, when, how did you get over the can I do it? You know, like a lot of people go through that and then they stay stuck. They they don't have what you have now where you're very successful and you're making a big impact with other people and helping them be successful. But you got through that mental garbage of the, can I do it? What was one of the big things coming out of that to help you? I'm going to use the word exposure here, David, um, okay. because I thought all that stuff was bad that I went through until I got with, there was actually two people, but a couple individuals that when I laid it all out, one of them literally chuckled like laughed at me in a, in a loving way and going, yeah. okay, let me tell you why I just did that and laid out all of their headaches, problems, pivots, changes. And I went, okay, I guess mine's not that bad. So how do I get out? So it was exposure to people and exposure to the right people. Because if you just stay in your head, like I did for that long, I could have got out of it. I could have got out of it in hindsight in one or two years instead of took four. Mm. So exposure, exposure is, um, it, it means so much more than we think. It's so much more effective than we all realize. It means everything, like who you hang out with, who you listen to, who you read, everything. It means a lot. Yeah. So would you say during those four years, you had people in your life that were keeping you in that cycle as well too? Or was it a mainly uh, internal struggle? That's a good question. I, I'm going to say not consciously, right? It okay. wasn't like they, they would do anything wrong. It's just that I, I we get to choose who we hang out with, right? Yeah. And so if you choose to hang out with people that are wallowing about that or talking about that or going backwards, that you're going to have more of that. It's just no way yeah. around it. So yeah, not consciously, but yeah, I put myself in that position, I'm sure. Okay. So then where did you find the right people? Did you go to an event or was it like through your network and referrals or was it just like, I'm tired of it? Like I got to find someone else that's been through this or what? How did you get to that to even get around the right people? Yeah, one was a past relationship in in the past business, and I knew okay. he had a bunch of businesses. And so I just looked for people. The short answer is I looked for people that built businesses, but that I knew went through some economic challenges. Uh, so it's okay. like 
you you have clients in different industries. I you know in real estate, it's it's real simple. Make sure you follow someone because of what I just said that has been through at least one, preferably two cycles. Why? Because you're going to go through a cycle <laughs> no matter how you you get to come up with one. And frankly, Dave, I, I like people that have been through other stuff too, meaning that both these guys had families and had challenges other than real estate and business, right? Because, all right, so how did you get through that if you went through all that? So I like, I went through my son's head injury, he was in a coma, I went through 9-11, you know, so there's all kinds of things that I lived through. So I just seeked out people that lived through what I was going through, that's all. That makes sense. No, that's really good because did you ever at that point get into a community? Like, did those people have a community of other people or were these just one-on-one mentors? Uh, let's see. One was a one-on-one, definitely. I sat in his office. The other one had a community that I, from afar, tapped into. Yeah. Um, but to your point, that is huge now too, because especially since COVID, but the community thing is enormous so that when you have challenges, you just go to them and put it out there and um, you'd be amazed at what happens. We do this in not just in real estate, in our community. We do it in the mindset space, like you're asking me. Um, we had mind, We have a mindset mastermind, one out of the four every month now. It's pretty important. Okay. You'd be surprised. People are very vulnerable and open and we all help each other. So good point. Yeah, I was going to say the community aspect sounds amazing as well, too, because then you then you can find a lot of people that are going through the same thing and a lot of people that think like you as well, too, because these are people that all want to grow and become better and become better business owners. But it also sounds like you've got life of dreams. So these are actually people that like their life and want to create a better life as well, too. Is that a lot of what the community is centered around? Yeah, if you look at our, sort of our avatar, right, you say, uh, yeah. who, who likes what we're doing? Okay. Well, people that are really into self-improvement, like you don't listen to a podcast with me and you talking for a half hour if you don't love self-improvement, right? You right. Get that. So that's a big one. People coming from corporate that are saying, uh, to heck with that. I'm tired of it. I just don't want to do that anymore. It's not the future. So, you know, they, so they got a big why with that. Um, or someone mm-hmm. like me went through some, uh, you know, nasty stuff and wants to fix it. Like there's got to be something. There's got to be an impetus to, to, to push Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. How long have you had this community going? Uh, unofficially, like thirteen ish, if uh, fourteen, probably it started. But now it's grown to because I say unofficially, it was you know twelve people I was coaching on a right. master yeah. call. And now it's you know one hundred and fifty people on Slack and weekly calls, and you know it's a lot more involved now. Um, so it's been since fourteen unofficially. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, what almost 10 years now that you've yeah. got this community going yeah and it sounds like just helping people get to where they need to be then i, I think that goes well with your story because you came out of this funk of can i even do it got around the right people who have been had the battle scars and now you with your battle scars are helping other people get to where they want to be so kind of set yourself up there for like okay i can help you get through those as well too it sounds like yeah, it's important. I think when when people are stumbling, uh, super important to be able to reach out and and you know get an arm, get a get an ear, get an arm, and, and be able to do that in the inside the community. Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. So then, what would you say? Because you've got a lot of experience from crashes to you saw COVID, you saw everything. What was one of the hardest lessons you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey up to this point? It was definitely the 08 uh, headache, and the and the and the lesson was if I if I just pick one. It was to not, uh, well, they're all combined kind of, not utilize banks um, unless you absolutely 100% have to because it's a family move and you've got to be in an area and you've got to get a mortgage. But then that, 
don't utilize your personal signature to sign on debt, especially for investment. Just don't do it. Don't mix the two. Um, and then um, be conscious through profits first, coincidentally, right? Not coincidentally, on purpose. Yeah, I'm saying it. Um, of the cash positions, because you're, you're, I noticed when I downsized from a two and a half acre lot overlooking the water with an enormous mortgage, and I went to a 900 square foot apartment, I noticed what that did for my cash after the crash. And I noticed what that did for my mental ability to make decisions and operate and grow a mm. business versus the opposite. So if you do those two things and you put and you plug in what you do, you, you're not going to stress as much, plain and simple. You're just not because your buckets are going to be set up. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And that's where uh, those are some good lessons. So I'm guessing then you had utilized banks before. And that was one of the things that hurt during the crash was. Yeah, sign first thing. Yep. And then yeah. so when the market dipped by, you know, anywhere from 20 to 60 percent of my projects. Well, what happens? Banker does what a banker does. <laughs> they got to come looking for the guarantor. Yep. Yep, exactly. And then the cash positions too. So you feel like after the crash, that was said a better focus. And it sounds like you put yourself in a better position too in your personal life and some of the changes there that affected also how you're able to make business decisions. Is that correct? 100%. My, my father's one used to say, the expression he used is, you got to make a move to stop the steamroller behind you during the crash. Yeah. You know, it's like you're always running, right? So yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it made a world of difference. So Big house, two or three outbuildings, gorgeous, going into a 900 square foot, one bedroom apartment, my wife and I. That's what we did to make the sacrifice. And it, and it did the trick because we, we built what we built. And, and now most, if not all the things we do are cash. Uh, and it's a different night when you lay your head on the pillow with that situation versus having a bunch of mortgages out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a wildly different situation, which is great. A great position to be in. Okay. Just a couple, few last questions here. If you were to start from scratch, what would you do differently? Like, I, I think I know the answers because you've kind of alluded to them pretty uh, on this episode. But what would you do if you were to say, OK, I'm going to start all over again? In addition to what we just said, to your point, I would uh, in any market, I would do this. I would just go in with my ability to get on the phone, but hire oh. an executive assistant right okay. away. That would be the big difference. I didn't do that right away. I just muscled it out. So it probably took a little longer. And people go, oh, I can't afford it. No, you can't afford not to. So that would be a big change I would I would make, and I'd okay. find the resources to do it. Awesome. So that would take a lot of the ticky-tack admin type stuff off your plate and what, you're able to do the revenue-producing activities? That's yes, see, but that goes back to the other point where you asked, you said, well, why don't they, people do it? So if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we said earlier was you can put the blinders on for three years and have a great result, if you know that, okay, then you hire an executive assistant, you don't do any of that crap. It's when you go, ah, I got to try it. I got to try. I got to dip my toe. You try it in any business, especially real estate, you will not have success if you try. You yeah. dip your toe in the water. No such thing. Yeah. No, that's. And when you say an EA, an executive assistant right up front, would you suggest virtual assistant, an in-office person, someone that's there in your area? Like, what would you say is the best way? Like when someone's getting first started? I prefer, I'm going to give you two answers. I prefer a person in with me. However, okay. since COVID, my building that I'm standing in right now went from us occupying everywhere to 21 people on our team being all around the country, except for my son and I and a bookkeeper. You know, so okay. it's changed. So we have some great, great, great executive assistants that because of the ability to travel and be loose and do Zoom, they're they're phenomenal. And that's why they, they came to our team. So I don't mind that anymore. I used to mind it. Now, virtual is fine. But there's a difference between, let me just say this. 
between a, a VA service, a virtual assistant service yeah. that runs like between five and 15 an hour and an executive assistant service that gets you sort of that corporate person that's got some serious talents that then because of COVID pivoted and just want to be an EA somewhere, yeah. you know, flexible. That's a big difference. We have one EA now. She's phenomenal. She's in Spain most of the time and then comes to the States the other time. And she's an assistant for myself and my son-in-law and she's super efficient. That's super, super cool, but not just a virtual assistant for a few bucks an hour. I'm talking about someone quality. Well, there you go. Now, I like that qualification because I feel like once people hear that, they're just like, oh, I'll just get a VA. Yeah. And that only like when I first started this business, I had a virtual assistant, but I had been working with him for like six years and he yeah. knew me inside and out. Like that's a different situation than, okay, just let's get someone that's just off the street for five bucks an hour. And it's like, okay, wait a second. Like if you <clears> want them to actually take stuff off your plate and for you yeah. to be actually selling what you're doing. So no, that's, I like that answer a lot. You know what though, David, on, on that point, let me just add this. Once yeah. you do what we said earlier and you get the EA and you go to work, you're going to need VAs because <laughs> you're right. going to have more Exactly. So we're not, he's definitely not knocking them. It's more like no. you got to set yourself up to be able to have someone that can do the five Admin. to $10 yeah. per hour task. So yeah. now that's great. This is good stuff. So then if one last question here, what advice would you give to an investor looking to uh, implement profit first? Um, so I can't go against what I just said with everything, which was get the right help, get in your hemisphere, you know, your circle, your community and stay with it for goodness sakes. It's just like I said about real estate, stay with it for how long? Three years. I just use three years for everything. Cause it takes more than you think always it takes longer than you think it's always harder than you think. But if you have someone with you for three years, it's not so bad. Yeah. Well, there you go. Get the right help around you, which has been a pretty much the theme of this episode from the can I do it and getting out of that funk and getting in the right, you know, the mentorships and then the right yeah. communities to, okay, who do I need on the team? It's the who, not how, right? So it's finding those right people. But Chris, this has been awesome. If someone wants to join the community, because you provide a lot of value here, obviously you're going to be providing even probably 10, 100x more like in the community with people that you're on all the time. Like, how do they get a part of that or how do they even research that? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, David. I'll give a couple links. You know, if they've heard me out there and shows or whatever, and they just want to apply, they can go go on the website and apply to be an associate. But if you're brand new and you're kind of looking, I'm big on free. You can go to YouTube channel, type in Smart Real Estate Coach, for example, and get 200 deals. You just see what we do. But I want to give a free book. Uh, it's not one of those put your put your credit card in for shipping. I mean free. We'll ship it out of this office. Hard copy book, not electronic. Go to wickedsmartbooks.com, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash profit first. That's for the awesome. book. If they don't mind listening to me with my New England accent for another hour, I got a free class. It's worth it because you're not going to be bothered by anybody you're on your own watching it. It just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash masters class. Awesome. Well, then there you go. There's the two links. Make sure to check those out. Chris and his team are legit. They do a lot of great work, help a lot of people. You will benefit from being in his circles and in his community. Then if you are listening to this and you're like, man, I feel Chris, like I understand where he was coming from, from either cash positions or not being in the right headspace, go to simplecfo.com. We can help you with the cash position side. Like if you need that profit first help, simplecfo.com, you can book a call there. We'll help you get out of that rat race, teach you the money game and how to win and make sure that you're on the right track. So that way you can hire the EAs and the executive, you know, the virtual assistants and all the people down the line too. You don't have to worry about the cash, but remember to make profit a habit in your business. Thank you for listening. And Chris, thank you for being a great guest on the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Good to see you. This episode of the Profit First for REI podcast is over, but there are plenty more where that came from. 
Are you ready to learn how David and his team can help implement the Profit First system in your business? Schedule a discovery call at simplecfo.com right now. We'll see you next time on the Profit First for REI podcast with David Richter.